Matthew 28, 1-10. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he has said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, uh... To you, church, uh, my name is Doug. I'm a pastor here at Lord's Love. If I haven't yet met you, I just want to say a very special welcome to our friends as well. If you're joining us for the very first time on this Easter Sunday, you chose a good day to come, uh, a good day to be here, and I'm just really glad uh, that you're able to join us uh, th this morning. Uh, it is Resurrection Sunday. It is Easter Sunday, one of the biggest days of the year for us as Christians because we declare that He is risen, that He is risen indeed, and that everything that Jesus has ever said and ever promised is true and has come true. And because of that, we have this new resurrection life and this new hope uh, in Him. And as I think about resurrection, and I think about new life, and I think about miracles, I came across this story this week, and maybe you've heard it, it's a bit of a miracle story, and it's a miracle because it doesn't happen every day. If it happens every day, then it wouldn't be called a miracle. Uh, but a story of a boy who was 13 at the time, and his name is Trenton McKinley. And at that time of his life, uh, he went to a life-threatening injury. Uh, long story short, he was riding the back of a go-kart that his friend was driving and crashed over and it landed on his skull and he wasn't going to live. He was in this life-threatening uh, uh, injury. He was on life support and his mom actually even signed the papers to donate his organs uh, to give it away because that was the situation uh, that they were in. Uh, and then something like this happened. I will show you a short clip right here. Uh, from, uh, I believe it's from uh, ABC or NBC uh, in the States, uh, sharing his story. So this is something that you'd expect to see on TV, maybe in the movies. An accident victim rushed to the hospital. Doctors give him virtually no chance of surviving. And if by some chance he does, they say he'll never be the same. Nobody bothered telling that to Trenton McKinley. They told me. I'll be a vegetable. I don't really seem like a vegetable, do I? 13-year-old Trenton McKinley nearly lost his life two months ago, but not a sense of humor. Amazing, considering what he's been through. He was riding in a trailer behind a go-kart driven by a friend. They took a curve too fast, and the trailer toppled over. It flipped, and my head hit the concrete, and the trailer landed on my head. Your whole world just crumbles. Trenton's mom, Jennifer, rushed to his side when he was airlifted to the hospital. I had no idea how bad his injuries were. They were bad. Jennifer says he had seven skull fractures. The young boy once flatlining for 15 minutes. Jennifer was told to prepare for the unthinkable. She even signed papers allowing doctors to take Trenton's organs and then one final brain scan. But Trenton had other ideas defying any medical explanation his hand moved then his feet and then he opened his eyes the family believes it's a miracle god's got something big planned for that little man as for trenton 
he's learned his lesson. I should make way better decisions. Like when I go back to my friend's house, and he's like, let's go ride a go-kart. Well, I'll drive. <laughs> so he's going to be back at the doctor on Thursday for an evaluation. If everything looks good, he'll be going in for his final surgery at the at the mm. end of next week. But miracles happen every yeah, day. Yeah, he's still got his spunk too. Yes, yes. Sense of humor. And the mom is right. The miracle sounds just right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Good luck, Yeah. What an amazing story uh, that is of this 13-year-old boy uh, that's still around and had this miracle. And as I mentioned, it is a miracle because many have gone through something as severe as that. It hasn't happened. But miracles happen not on the daily, but uh, on a certain time, a certain timeline that uh, in God's time. And But they do happen. Uh, we see stories like this. I would say resurrection stories like this. And another interview with him. He says this at Trenton, I was in an open field when he, whether uh, he was conscious or what he was thinking when he was unconscious. He says this, I was in an open field walking straight. There's no other explanation but God, but it seems like I was in heaven. And this is a miracle. Even the doctors have said it. And I love what his mom said that God has big plans for him. Uh, and I believe for all of us, every resurrection story, every story of new life, God has big plans for us. God has a purpose of why he rose from the dead, why he defeated death, so that we can have new life, that God has a plan for you and for me. And resurrection moments happen all around us every single day, whether we realize it or not. And the big idea for us this morning is that everything Jesus said then is still happening now. Even through this pandemic, even through the situation you're going through, everything Jesus said then is still happening now. Not only are there miraculous healings like this, and nothing can really explain uh, but god works in the everyday moments and we see broken relationships being made being made whole and we see marriages being restored we see broken lives come back together that are so broken into pieces that no one would ever think they'll make it through but god puts the pieces back together in someone's life we see lives that receive this new life and a new sense of purpose a new sense of direction and everything that jesus said then is still happening now today and Jesus' resurrection happened some 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, but his resurrection power is still going on. It's still happening in your life. It's still happening in your story. He's still writing something new. He's still doing something and he's active. He's at work uh, in, in your life. He's still empowering people to courageously, in the face of death, still live on and to have hope, to stand firm for justice and mercy in this broken world. Or... If this is you today, just to simply give you strength to wake up and to face today and to, to, to be out in the world and to be like, today is going to be a day where I choose to live. And, as been, and it's been said once that Christmas is the promise, but Easter, Easter is the proof. Easter is the proof that Jesus is who he says he is, that he has power over the grave. And he, if he has power over death, what does he have not have power over? Over. And the resurrection of Jesus is at the heart of the Christian gospel. In every other major world religion, you'll find a grave, a grave of, uh, of the founder, a grave of the person that they worship. But in Christianity, there is no grave because Jesus is risen and Jesus is alive. He is the fulfillment of our hopes and dreams and longing that we could ever have.
And I believe in a resurrection, not only because it's recorded for us in scripture and other historical documents that we read, but because I've also seen and experienced the resurrection power myself, whether it's in my own life or in the life of my family, where God has healed me and my broken heart and given me a new name and a new family and a new belonging, knowing that he's my father and no one can ever take that away. And we need to hold on to that resurrection power today. Uh, as a church and as a people, be reminded of this res resurrection power that assures us Jesus is the Son of God and that Scripture is true and, and that it affirms everything about our future. That yeah, If we have this hope in Jesus, our future is secure. No matter what happens here on earth, we can find this hope in Him. And as we look to the text today that Anthony just read for us in Matthew 28, 1-10, I just want to draw our attention to a few points here of the original Easter story on that first Sunday. And the first thing is that if you're looking for healing, you're looking for fulfillment. Looking is the beginning. That looking is the beginning of your healing. And what do I mean by that? Well, in Matthew 28, verse 1, after the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to, the, uh, went to what? To look at the tomb. So Sunday finally came. Uh, Saturday was rough. Holy Saturday Saturday was rough as they saw their Lord and Christ crucified on the cross. And that's their last image of Jesus, beaten and battered, bloodied, nails in his, in his hands and in his feet. And they saw him, them put his body into the tomb. And that was their last image of Jesus. Their Sabbath day, that was supposed to be a day of rest, wasn't very restful because they were hiding in fear. They're hiding in the unknown, They're hiding in the gray area, as Duncan, our worship leader, mentioned, and not knowing what's going to happen but Sunday came the Sunday came and who were the first to arrive onto the scene to look at the empty tomb it's woman and I love this woman woman were the first ones to come to look at the tomb while all the other disciples were hiding these women came to the tomb because they knew they had to pay respects and to worship Jesus even though they didn't know what they would find and, and if anyone says women have no no significance in the kingdom kingdom of God. See it this morning. The important message of the resurrection was first entrusted to women uh, to pass it on to the rest of the world. In fact, if you think that the story is made up, it doesn't make any sense. If someone made up the story, they in fact wouldn't have written it as a woman who have seen because in that day and time, that would have been unbelievable. If you want a story to be believable, you put a man in there in that time because they're seen as trustworthy. But no, we see here in scripture as woman that came because that's what happened and that's what they saw. So the only way to know if Jesus' body is there is by looking at the tomb. And so they went to the tomb and some other disciples, again, as I said, were in hiding and they didn't want to see the tomb. It's only full of dead flesh and death. Uh, they didn't want to visit that part. And what it reminded them of what happened three days ago. And I think for some of us that this morning we need to look at the tomb as well in a similar way some of us don't want to go to the tomb because it'll remind us of the ugly parts of our lives uh, things that have died and things that are deathly that aren't very pleasant but as we encounter the easter story again we see healing starts by looking starts by making those steps forward which is why i'm so glad you're here today especially if you're hearing this for the very first time that your healing and your and your first step towards hope and peace and joy starts by looking and seeing who is this Jesus? Who is he all about? And they were looking for this Jesus because the disciples went looking into the tomb. Even though the tomb was empty, 
the emptiness of the tomb led to the filling of their hearts and the filling of their souls and the filling of everything they were looking for. So they were looking for Jesus. Maybe a little illustration here. When your car breaks down, who do you go to? Uh, you go to a car technician. Uh, something's wrong with your toilet or your sink. You go to the plumber. You need help with your yard. Uh, you go to the landscaper, I guess, to come and to help you with your yard. Uh, when you're injured, you go to the doctor. But if your soul is tired, if your soul is weary, if your soul is wounded, if you feel like you're filled with shame and brokenness and pain, who do you go to for that? Where do you go for a weary soul? What do you, who do you go to when you're feeling restless? Who takes care of your soul? And this morning, we're reminded that Jesus has power over it all. That he is the one that is able. Jesus is the one you're looking for because he is able to give you life. He is able to give you that peace. He has power over death. He has resurrected and he can give you that peace and that rest you are looking for. And some of you this morning are thinking that's impossible. Doug, you don't know my history. You don't know what I've done. You don't know everything that I've gone through. Well, scripture reminds us again today that stones are still being rolled away. Whatever's keeping you from seeing Jesus, stones are still being rolled away today. There was a violent earthquake in verse 2 as we read. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Okay, I love this. These uh, uh, big muscular, that's my image of these soldiers. These big men that are battle trained. Uh, I've seen the battlefield, weren't afraid of anything, sees this angel and faints. Basically, that's what we read here. But the woman here, were afraid. I would be freaked out too if I saw an angel disappear in front of me. But they stood firm. I love that. And they listened uh, to the angel. But what else do we notice in this text here? Who exactly rolled away the stone? How did the stone roll away? We see in this text here that the angel rolled back the stone. See, th this stone, just like the one back uh, in ancient times, for you and for me, this stone represents... What's keeping you from seeing this new resurrection life? From seeing God's miracle, from seeing Jesus and to seeing him being who he says he is. This stone is keeping us today from seeing who this God is. And some of us have been trying to claw away at the stone. And some of us, some of us have been trying to live this life on our own, but it exactly hasn't been working. Why? Because a few thoughts here. You can't roll away the stone. You can't do it on, on your own. It doesn't matter how hard you try. The stone was never meant for you to roll it back. That wasn't your purpose. That's not your role. Not only was the tomb sealed, as we read in the text earlier, but it was also guarded. But this stone, it wasn't meant for you to roll. And some of you need to hear that today as you're trying to uh, make something of your own life. You're trying to uh, uh, free yourself and you're trying to experience this new life in Jesus, this stone was never meant for you to roll back yourself because you can't do it. Because you can't do it, God does it for you. And God sends people, maybe an angel sometimes, maybe it's in the form of other people, I don't know, but in some divine means, he rolls back the stone so that you can see him. And the stone was rolled back not to let Jesus out, but for us to see it's for us to see that the tomb was empty, that Jesus has already done what he said he would do. And second of all, not only can we not roll the stone ourselves, and if we keep trying, it's not going to work. 
Secondly is this, that God has his perfect timing. There's a reason why he rolled away the stone perfectly at that exact time that he needed to be rolled away. See, the religious leaders, again, they tried to seal it and they tried to guard it. But it wasn't going to stop this Jesus. It wasn't going to stop this God. And stone had to be rolled away at just the right moment. Or else maybe someone else would say that the body was stolen. The story would have been incomplete. But we see that the stone, the stone was sealed. And the guards were there. But yet the body was resurrected. And only thing left is Jesus' clothes. The stone had to be rolled away at that right moment. Not too early, not too late. Because God is always on time. He knows exactly what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and the best time for it to be done. And we also see how there's an earthquake that comes. And often, before the stone is rolled away, before you're able to see Jesus, before you understand who he is, there is an earthquake in our life. There's something tragic that might happen. The ground might be shaking, but maybe that's God trying to get your attention. But God's timing is perfect. And if you're waiting to see God, if you're waiting for your miracle, if you're waiting to experience, to understand who this God is, God is at work already. The God is already on the move. If something is not happening right now, I want to encourage you this morning that it's not because God isn't good. It's not because God doesn't keep his promises. It's because it's not the right time yet. But God knows and he has the best in store for you. I love what some of the elders and the other Pharisees say as they saw the early church in Acts um, and they're seeing the power of God at hand and they said this to in, in reply to whether they should stop the disciples or not. One, 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 of the, uh, one of the priests says this in Acts 5, verse 38 to 39, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. And some of you this morning have been fighting and fighting and fighting and doing things on your own, trying to roll back the stone and trying to make things happen. But God is saying, in my time, trust me, I've resurrected. I am alive. I am who I say I am. And you can trust me. Just follow and just listen. So what's the biggest stone that needs to be rolled away for you right now? What's in your way of seeing Jesus? What's in the way of you seeing God? And ultimately for all of us, the heaviest stone of all that needs to be rolled away is the stone of sin and death. It's the stone that's keeping us from having this life everlasting. See, when the stone was rolled away and we see the empty tomb, that's how we knew. That's how the woman on that day and the disciples knew that eternal life is possible. When the stone was rolled away, they saw that there is a life after and there is a life with God that we can spend eternity with him in a place with no more tears, no more fears, no more pain, no more sorrows. On that day, when they looked into the tomb, that became truth and reality for them. That one day for all those that know Jesus, that we will see him in heaven and for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But on this Easter Sunday, some of us aren't there yet and we're wrestling with the things that are going on in this world. But we're reminded of this new everlasting hope and life that fuels and propels us forward. And whether you feel like God is at work or you've seen him at work or not, at work or not we're encouraged by the text this morning that Jesus is already at work in your life. That Jesus has already been at work. In verse 
Five, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly, then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you in Galilee. There you will see him. And now I have told you. I love this. The angel say, says, just as he said, reminding the woman of all the times that Jesus said, hey, I called it. <laughs> I predicted this. This isn't random. This is purposeful. I knew what's going to happen. At least five times in the Gospel of Matthew, at least we read of that in all the other Gospel accounts. You see, it matters who makes the promise. It matters who makes the promise. And some of us, I know people in our lives that makes promises and you're thinking, yeah, you know, that's probably <laughs> not going to happen as they're making that promise. But then there are other people in our lives that when they make a promise, you know they're going to stand firm and you know that they're going to follow through. And Jesus made a promise and he is a promise keeper. Everything he said will come to, to reality. And Jesus was already at work in the tomb, in that dark tomb before the woman arrived, before the stone was re even rolled away. Jesus was, was already at work, already doing what only Jesus can do. And maybe we need that reminder today because you feel like God hasn't been, God has been distant and God hasn't been real and God hasn't been near you. But we're reminded again, we see in scripture here, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because you're not alone. You're not defined by that shame. You're not defined by that sin. God is already at work in your life. Before you even said yes to him, he said yes to you. And he said, I want you in my life. And he proved that through the crucifixion saying, I'm going to die for you before you even loved me, before you even know me. So don't be afraid because Jesus who died, he's, he's not here. The angel says he's risen just as he said, because he is the promise keeper and come and see today, come and see that these stones are still being rolled away. Come and see how I want to give you peace. Come and see how I want to give you a new life. Come and see how I want to give you the security and the hope that you're looking for. God can give you that sense of purpose and that sense of belonging and direction. And he can, he's going to tell you that it's not based on your accolades or your education, your job status, or what you can or can't do or what you have or you don't have. You are worthy as you are because I define you. Because I've risen from the grave and I want to give you this new life, this new power in you. God is saying he's bigger than your shame and your wrestlings of, with your anxiety and with your tired and how tired you are and the hopelessness that you might be feeling that he can work in your relationships and in your marriage, that your son and your daughter isn't too far gone, that Jesus is in control, that he is at work, that God is ultimately looking over you and your family and your life before we even realize that or not. And how do I know all this? It's because I look back to this empty tomb and I have faith and we realize that it's true that Jesus is who he says he is. Every word, every promise, in every way. So the angel says, go and tell. Go and tell. Don't keep this good news to yourself. Come and see, but also go and tell. Good news is really good. If it's really that good to you, then you will go and tell. Then you will go and tell the world. Then you go tell your campuses and your friends and your family, your kids, your coworkers, your, the world. 
that you go and share this good news and this new hope that you have. So the woman, they were they hurried off away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly that's when Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers again uh, to go to Galilee. There they'll see me. It was in their going that they came to meet the risen Christ. They went to an empty tomb and as they went and they're going to tell their friends and their family, that's when they met Jesus and they worshipped and they clasped his feet. That word means to hold on physically. So he wasn't an imagination. That he was reality right then and there and he worshipped and they worshipped him. And today, this morning, if you're hearing the voice of God, maybe you're feeling this way. You're afraid. You're afraid for what this might mean for you, what this might mean for your life and the decisions you have to make. But you also sense that joy. You're like, I want that joy. I want that peace. I want that new life. I want that hope that even though my life and my whole body might be fading away, that hope doesn't fade away. And maybe you're saying, you're feeling and experiencing that this morning. Don't ignore it. I want you to press in. I want you to look at the tomb, the empty tomb this morning as we celebrate with the millions of Christians around the world declaring the same thing, that he is alive and that we have new life. And because of that, we have this joy that's unshakable. And that's my prayer, that you would experience the resurrection moment today, but not just today, but every single day, because Jesus isn't just Jesus of Easter weekend, but he's Jesus and he's Lord of every single day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this new life that we have, for this resurrection power that you have displayed on the cross. And God, because you have resurrected and because you have power over the grave, God, all of us who believe in you also have this power, this new life, this new hope, knowing that this life isn't it. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here, all those that are listening in, Lord, no matter what pain, what suffering, what we're going through, Lord, may we hold on to the hope, God, that you are more than circumstance. That even when the tomb looks sealed, God, you are at work. And may we put our faith in you today. May we put our hope in you today. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. And I pray, God, that through the power of your spirit, we will come to know you and experience your goodness.